0: Thank you very much Uh, There is an awful lot of intolerance In our community Many uh, yeshiva bachrim wonder Why did God create this animal That's called balabatim. And uh, within our yeshiva uh, The Talmidim who learn in one shear Are very intolerant of the Talmidim Who learn in the other shear. They hold that their Rebbe is God And they hold that their Rebbe is God they're all monotheists. They hold only one God. So uh, <laughs> they're very the whole. This is the only true Derech Halimud. The other one is all Sheikh the Chazov. People in one yeshiva are extremely intolerant of people in the other yeshiva. Hasidim is Nagdim. Are often extremely intolerant of each other. Hasidim with Hasidim of another sect um, used to be extremely intolerant of each other. In Europe, they used to have such and There was mamish Hasdamit. They put in uh, rusty nails in the mikveh of the other Hasidim, and people die when they went to the mikveh. They would die from uh, from uh, blood poisoning. Uh, it's a big problem. Uh, this uh, intolerance within the Orthodox uh, world. I remember when we were studying uh, uh, Hilchas Nila, one year, Rav Soloveichik decided he's going to give Shira on Minchas on Thursdays. He gave shiur on Monday and Tuesday. Then he said he's going to start giving a shiur a third day a week. On Thursday, he's going to learn Min Chinuch. So he just did men chaskinach mitzvahs milah, and that was it. And uh, he called it quits. Uh, but he whet our appetite for them. And chaskinach, and many students continued to learn on their own. Happened at that time, I don't remember which one, either Rabbi Meir Tversky or Rabbi Moshe Torsky, one of them was just born then, and it was right before the bris. So he said he wants to start with the men chaskinach mitzvahs milah, and then I'll proceed to learn others. And that was all he learned, just learned mitzvahs milah. So I remember on that occasion we were discussing mitzvahs there is uh, the Talmud seems to say that the purpose of Mitzitzah is to prevent uh, infection just for medical uh, purposes uh, so the Tiferis Yisrael in his commentary on Mishnahis writes that today that we use antiseptics so there's no need yeah uh, the Tiferis Yisrael in his commentary on is writes that today since we use antiseptics there's no need for Mitzitzah at all so many of the Hungarian uh, Gdolim didn't agree with that and that's why many Hasidim don't even use it. The Pharisees saw Mishnai they consider him an apicurist because of the fact that he made such a statement. Uh, and then there's a further dispute even if one assumes that you do need Mitzitza does it have to be Mitzitza bepeh? Or does it not necessarily have to be of the past? You have the encyclopedia that's known as the Stechemir. He has a long 40 page contraste on this. The first 20 pages are dedicated to explaining why you do need mitzitzah. The next 20 pages are dedicated to explaining why you have to have mitzitzah the And he wasn't a Chassid. he wasn't a Hungarian, he was a Sfardi. The Stechemir was a Sfardi from Eretzisro. So, Rabbi Salvation was speaking about this. So he told us that on one occasion he attended a Bris. Turned out later that the Bris was the son. Of Rabbi Fabian Schoenfeld, Joel Schoenfeld Brist. Uh So he attended the Bris, and there was a Hungarian mohel, and, uh, and the Moel said he was going to do Mitzit to the Pet. So Rabbi Soloveitchik, yes, and please don't do Mitzit to the Pet. So he kept on insisting he wants to, he kept on insisting he shouldn't, and then uh, they, they weren't going anywhere. So Rabbi Soloveitchik said he, the she was in Yiddish at that time, so he told us that he told the mohel in Yiddish if my father were here, he wouldn't permit you to do metzitzit, but I am very tolerant. So I will permit you to do metzitzit, because you keep on insisting. So that was his form of tolerance. He was tolerant of the one who thought that you should be more machmer. It's interesting tolerance. If his father were here, his father would be intolerant. Uh, Maharami Prague writes in one, in one place that uh, there's extreme canoes. By the Jewish people there's more machlekis like by the Jews than there is by other nations of the world, because by us all the issues are much more serious than by others. We're really talking about the true religion and the true Torah. So the so, gate and Zyna Lemit, everything is really dead serious. Now we're not playing games over here. There are really dinim, and if you don't do it right, you're not Yoitsa, you're a hype chorus or it's an Aveira, you're not Yoitz mitzvah, whatever it happens to be. So because of the seriousness of the issues, he writes that he thinks that that's why uh, Jews have more machlekes than other nations in the world, and that Jews are more intolerant of each other than, uh, than the Yuma Truth of the matter is that there is a principle in the Talmud that we are all familiar with, that, that very often, not all the time, uh, if you have a machleke, between a Reform uh, rabbi and an orthodox rabbi, you don't always say, Elu Yeladivu Chaim means if you have two bona fide tamir and each one is entitled to his opinion, and each opinion is based on sources in the Talmud, and the Shulchan Aruch and so on, so then we assume that not always, we assume like that. And this principle that that the both opinions have validity and have meaningfulness is relevant to halacha lamais also. It's not just an abstract philosophical concept. We have instances in halacha where this comes up. Uh, for example, the Talmud tells us in different places that sometimes we are permitted to rely on the shita Sayochet which is not really accepted. So the question is, if the, if, the, uh, if the minority opinion is rejected, if it's wrong, if it's a mistake, so how can you rely on a Bishas Atchach? Because they have said Maruba? So the answer is, is not accepted, but it doesn't really necessarily mean that it's wrong. I mean there is validity to that opinion. This is correct and this is correct... But this is more correct than that... So Halacha Meisab is supposed to follow... Whatever the rules and regulations are... We follow our local orthodox rabbi... To whom we ask all of the Shailahs... Or, uh, or if we have a, a body of rabbis... Who have this dispute... So we follow the majority opinion... But it doesn't mean that the minority opinion is, is, uh, is wrong... Is incorrect... We often say... To the extent that we would rely on this opinion... Or, the Talmud does have a concept, this is a Mishnayis also, that there is meaningfulness and there is validity to one who wants to be Mahmah to satisfy the Yeshita Sayochit. We don't pass on like that opinion. So, what are you being Mahmah for? What are you gaining? What are you accomplishing by being Mahmah? What is he Mahmah? He's so nervous. That, the din is not like that. So, so, what do you want? No. So, the Talmud, the Tanaim say that there is such a concept of HaMahmetov Ola It has to fit in with the rest of what the person uh, does how does he lead the rest of his life is he on the madre? he's such a bala madrega that it, that it makes sense for him to be machmed on this so this concept of being machmed to satisfy the shita to sayach, it is also based on the idea that that the opinion that's not accepted doesn't really mean that it's wrong it's just that we don't him like that and so on and so forth in Hilchas Avelis, we always accept the, the uh, Kula opinion in Orla B'chutzlor it's a 6-7 based on this Principle that Elovi <coughs> divila And the Talmud tells us that uh, <laughs> the Kishem should part the same, and same, on created people, and now two people have the same facial features, unless you have identical twins, but, but uh, people don't look alike. So, just like people don't look alike, you can't expect that everybody should think the same way. So, there's nothing unusual, there's nothing so surprising about the fact. But I hold that it's that it's supposed to be like this and you hold that it's supposed to be the other way. So, so what's wrong? That's the way the Rabbanu Shalom created people. People have different facial features so they have different. their minds work in different ways. So there's nothing unusual about that. There's no reason that we should be so uh, intolerant of each other. There's a famous Agartha in the end of Gemara Tainis where the Gemara says Los, the Gemara comments on the Apostles the Amar When you say Atah HaResa, on Simcha's night, that's the longest Paschal that never fits in with the Niggins. It doesn't fit in. Atah HaResa, that's Easy. All the other... I remember when I was a little boy, my father was the rabbi in the shul, so they had to be mechavid me also with saying Atah HaResa, but they always stuck me with that Paschal. I was always so angry. Why did they stick me with this Paschal? And and then I heard from Rav Salavechik that that Paschal is the whole theme of all the Hakafas the whole HaKofas is based on that Pasuk and that Haggadah says that Pasuk indicates that Lossi is going to make a Machal at Tzaddikim a Machal means a circular dance there are different kinds of dances sometimes people stand in a row square dances or whatever and uh, sometimes you have a circular dance Lossi is going to make a Machal for the Tzaddikim a Kodesh is going to be so he'll be sitting in the middle and all the Tzaddikim will dance around him and they'll all be pointing with the finger the Amar <laughs> that means something that you can point to and you can see with your eyes. There will be some kind of a Gilishchina. Like on the occasion of uh, Kriyas Yamsuf, everybody said Zeke Levian Veyu. They, they recognized it was a to Sotulosi loba. So Rav Soloveitchik said in the name of the Vilna Goen that on uh, Simchastura night he used to block off uh, the beamer, that no one should stand on the beam. So he used to put uh, a cord on the two stairways that go up to the beam in the middle. Uh, to indicate that the Shekhinah is there and people shouldn't walk up. That we're really dancing around the Shekhinah and it's based on this Tosik. The Lostly Love, this is the dancing that we do on Simchastorah, is reminiscent of the fact that uh, Lostly Love, we're going to have such a dance. So after I heard that from our salvation, I felt proud over the fact that all those years the Balabatim used to stick me with that Tosik. Uh, the Nigm didn't fit in well, but uh, still, that's, if that's the basis of the whole HaKofis. So there's a famous word that's, uh, that's written over the name of Rebecca Kiveger and it appears in the Prophet's Chaim's writings as well whenever you, have a circle, whenever you have a circle so all of the points on the circle are equidistant to the center of the circle all the radii are uh, the same uh, length. So what it means is, that all the tzaddikim, who have different perspectives, of the Rabanish, Shalom, the Hasidim are looking, from this perspective, the misnagdim are looking, from that perspective, the people from this yeshiva, look from that perspective, but the people from the other yeshiva, look from the other perspective, they're all equidistant, to the Rabbani Shalom. Everybody has the same, if they are all going in Derach Hashem, everything is based on uh, our traditions, on Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat, it is all based on traditions. just uh, Machlechus, uh, then we assume to deal with uh, the Kim Chaim, so it means that everyone has an equal uh, glimpse of a truth of the Rabbani Shalom. They are just looking from different perspectives, so that is what uh, seems a little different. And this indeed is the concept of the Yud Be'i Shvatim we know that we had three of us Avraham Yitzchak and Yenkev but we had yud Shvatim so what are yud Shvatim supposed to represent and the Talmud says the Ramban HaKumash points this out the Mishnai say in Horeas that they used to have a Sanhedrin Gidola for each one of the Shvatim that was the Supreme Court of Pascha for their shevet and the Sanhedric Doyle of this could can in one way, Sanhedrick Doyle of the other shevet can Paskin differently. You can have twelve different psacheman any one given an issue. If the Sanhedric Doyle and you wish a lion pass him something, so then that's the end. Everybody has to follow that psac. But if the Sanhedrin Dola doesn't take a stand, then they don't have to take a stand. They don't have to paskin on every single shot. It's not like today whenever anybody sneezes they the call Rabba Yash Whenever he says, that's it, and that's the end of the discussion. No one's allowed to say boo. So years ago that wasn't the way it was. Each Sanhedrin for every Shevet, passed them for the members of their Shevet. So what is this all about? So the Balatanya has an essay about this where he writes, uh, he quotes a passage from the Zohar commenting on the Prosik that Yitzchuk Avina requested Avesov, he should go hunting and he should cook some, he should prepare a delicious meal for him and he should give him a blessing before he dies. Uh, so he requests a vase of Esav, "Aseli matamim." He should make a meal with several courses. What's the idea? Aseli matamim. What do you have for for dinner? You just have the chicken. You just have no. You have soup and you have a fruit cup as an entree. Then you have kugel. Then you have a salad. Then you have this kind of salad, that kind of salad. Then you have a melon. Then you have all kinds of uh, courses. You go to a wedding. You go even at home, not a wedding. Yeah, many different courses. People enjoy variety. Variety is spice of life. So that's what Yitzchak Avina requests. Make me a meal with delicious, many different courses. So the Tsar makes a comment that just like human beings have this attitude that we enjoy variety, we enjoy having different mantar. So to HaKadosh appreciates variety and he appreciates the fact that he has 12 different shvatim and each shaver does the avodas Sashem in a different way. And it's all Elohim. He appreciates He doesn't necessarily want conformity. Everybody should do the same thing. He appreciates the fact that there are different Rachim and avodas Hashem. And the Morgan Avron quotes this in the name of the Arizal. That the Psukim tell us in the end of Yechez, when Yerushalayim will be rebuilt, there will be a wall around Yerushalayim to defend the city. And there will be 13 gates. In this wall, the 12th Shaorim will be Keneged the Yud Whoever knows what Shaved he belongs to, Shedenti Rishalim through that uh, Shar. And whoever doesn't know what Shaved he belongs to, whoever is a Ger, doesn't belong to any Shaved, will enter through the miscellaneous Shar that's known as the Shar HaKailov. So, this, what is, what's the idea of having 12 different gates to Anti vishalaim Anti vishalaim means that you're, you're coming close to the Beis Hamigdash. You're approaching Akkadish Hu. That's the whole purpose of Anti vishalaim is to, is to visit the Shechid to visit the Beis Hamigdash. means that there are different perspectives. And all the perspectives are valid in each Shevet. That's the whole purpose of having the Yud Shvatim. Each Shevet should have a different perspective and, uh, in Abaydash Hashem. And this is what the Rabbi Shalalam wants. So the Arizal continues to say that, that there are 12, that there are 13 nusachos, ha whoever knows what shevet he belongs to should daven with that nusachat filah that's matim, that fits in with his shorish neshama, with his shevet, and whoever doesn't know. And then there's a 13th nusachat filah. This is already the punchline. This is the advertisement. Uh, so he says, and then there's a 13th nusachat filah, that's the shar hakovel. That's the miscellaneous nusach, and that's good for anybody. And that's the Nusahari. So that's what... The, <laughs> That's the punchline of this verse. The Bonger uh, this scenario, so that uh, not everybody's masking with the last line, but up until the last line, everybody's masking. That's a different drachem and avodas Hashem. That's what the that's what the um, the yud beishorim are always supposed to indicate. Throughout all the generations, this was always uh, a style of psak, and in recent years also, this is a, an accepted style of psak that. Um, Many times the Pesach will not say clearly, I hold that this is the din of Fartik. He knows that there's a so he says, well, maybe the din is like this Pesach, maybe the din is like Machabra and there are more. maybe the din is like this one, the Shach and the Taz, maybe the din is like that one. So you Mitzar of different Shittas, maybe like this, maybe like that. You don't just say, no, we Pesach on like this, a Fartik, and you ignore the other opinion. We are Mitzar of opinions that are normally not accepted la in order to be makal in certain cases or sometimes in order to be machmer, we have in Yerodea and Hilchus Trefus those who learned Yerodea will remember there's a concept of that if you have a certain Shiloh in Hilchus Trefus sometimes we say that it's kosher but there was a Shiloh but we will make on that shila. but then if you're going to have two shales, uh near each other in the same part of the animal even though each Shiloh independently the Pesach is but if you have two that are near each other that's uh, a tradition from the Ravid in the beginning of thats that started, so two strikes against you, it's like a fake, fake, you can't be and you can't be mekel in such a case. So in other words, the opinions that were rejected, were never really rejected. It means that we don't follow that, but well, we always consider in the back of our mind the possibility uh, that maybe uh, one should follow that opinion. Maybe there, there is some validity to it. Uh, Rav Chaim has a famous tshuva where he quotes in the name of the Vilna Goem this is published in the Chutam Shula, Chutam Shula the tshuvas of the three Rashi Yeshiva and Balazhin so Rav Balajin quotes quotes so the Vilna Goem told never to be machmar and a if the din is at it's mutter, it's mutter, and it doesn't make a difference if you have two shilas if that's mutter, and that's mutter. so zero plus zero is zero it doesn't make it any worse just because you have two shilas on the animal and when you have a Shiloh and you want to be makal because the you should never be Mitzar of Hashitas if the Din is L'Hachmer it's lahachmer even even if you have another Tzad Lahakal, it's still going to be lahak He did the building that and was convinced when he was Machri Din that this is the Din of Fartic. He thought that he had rice Brurais on all issues. So apparently that was a tradition. It was once such a style of paskin that if this is the din so this is the din what are you going to be to the opinion that's been rejected and that's what the Rav Solveitchik sort of implied his father had that attitude this is the din I don't hold for metzitsa I don't allow the metzitsa and that's all he said, my father would be here he wouldn't permit them all to do the metzitsa to the path finish but I'm very tolerant and he was never really so... Uh, he would be wonderful at explaining why his opinion was the correct one. But then he could just as well spend two hours and explain why there's validity to the other opinion. Those who learned in the She'er will remember when he gave the Shema Yeridea. He would explain for two hours a sheet that people would walk out and say, Oh, Rabbi Salavet, paskin this. He didn't paskin that. He was just explaining one opinion in Shulchan Ar. He didn't necessarily mean that he subscribes to that opinion. He would show how all of the various opinions in Shulchan Ar have validity, and of course, he would be able to convince you that his opinion was the more correct. But he would always be able to see the other viewpoint as well. So, this is really, in truth, uh, this is the tradition. This is the, this is the more classical style of Psak that we do consider, even the psak not just uh, philosophically, not just in abstract. Sometimes it's negae We pass in the taratah, we pass in the we pass in the tzir we pass in the Rav Cook has uh, an interesting uh, essay where he writes commenting on the Gemuria, Marvim Shalom They say that someone once wrote an essay about humor in the Talmud, they said he only found one humorous statement in the Talmud. This line, Tambira Khachami, Marvim Shalom So Cook uh, <laughs> okay. cynicism. He said, Is there any cynicism? Is there any humor in the Talmud? So someone wrote, Yeah, that, that line in the Talmud. So Rav Cook has an essay where he where he talks about this, what does that line mean? So he says that there are those who think that you'll only arrive at the truth if everybody thinks the same way. So he says that's not correct. If you have different people looking at the same issue from different perspectives and each Tamachacham there are 25 Rabbanim and 25 different opinions. So then that'll be mar b'shalom You'll have more, you will attain more Emes, uh, and you will arrive at more shalom because if you look at the same thing from 25 different perspectives with 25 different sheets of then you're really analyzing the thing very well. So then there'll be more shalom and more emes more because you'll be Mavarit from more perspectives. This is what he thought the gemara is is driving at. Unfortunately, uh, we have not reached that Madrega yet. We are now in the in the in the uh, Madrege, like the mishnah describes in the end of Soto that before the coming of Mashiach, we will have a, a um, situation where we will have Hoemis Ne'aderis. What does it mean Hoemis Ne'aderis? Is a simple translation of the Mishnah, means that the truth will be obscured, that no one will know. You have the Agudis screaming like this, the Mizrahi is screaming like that, and these Hasidim are screaming like this, and these Mistagdim, and this Yeshiva says, We have the truth, and they say that they have the truth, and everybody insists that they have the truth. So the Gemara says, Hoemis Ne'aderis doesn't only mean that the real truth is obscured. What it means, like you have different herds. So these people have their Eider. Eider, Eider, Levado. Each group has their Eider. And each group insists that they are the only ones who have the truth. So this is a chisar. We really shouldn't have such an attitude that we are the only ones that have the truth. If the other people are also religious people, if they are starting a new, a new uh, way to learn Gemara, so we don't think it's valid. But if there is such a derech, they've been learning it more like this of the Hasidim, they've been religious for many years, they've been observing their practices for many years, and their families are religious, and they, and they seem to be successful in raising religious children. So that's another derech in our way, Hashem. So we shouldn't, it's not right to be mevatle. Eh? That's another derech, that's not our derech, but that is another derech. I remember it was interesting, a few years ago, I was in London, and stuck at the end of Chodesh Eloh, uh, so they had signs up that there's a guest Rabbi from Maritela is going to be giving a drosha it was the Yortzai of the Maralmi, Prague apparently the end of El I'm not familiar so they had a guest from Maritela is coming to give a drosha so I wanted to hear the drosha also so I went it was a Rabbi Aaron Troy's uh, base medrash Rabbi Aaron Troy I don't know how he recognized me so he asked me to sit up in the front so I'm sitting in between that was, uh, that was just a few months before Rabbi Jacobowitz passed away so Rabbi Jacobowitz is sitting on my left, Rabbi Erentro on my right, and the darshan from Eretz gets a different style of drush. So after he finishes the drush, an hour, an hour and a quarter after the drush is over, so three where one balabas jumps up to my left and he asks Rabbi Jacobowitz, what do he say to this drush? He says a nice drush, but this is not our derech. Another balabas jumps up to my right to Rabbi Erentro, he says, what do he say to this drush? He says a nice drush, but this is not our derech. But he allowed him. To, he knew in advance it's not his derech. But they allowed him to speak in the shul. It's a different derech in, in, uh, in understanding Agatha. It's a different derech in the Maharal. And further, it's, not, it's, it's a twist on the Maharal. A different approach. And, uh, and they were tolerant enough to allow this uh, prominent Tamachocham to speak in the shul. Because it's another derech in, uh, in interpreting Himaral. Rav Kook has an essay where he points out that uh, Rav Kook has a lot about tolerance. Very interesting things about tolerance. Uh, so he has an essay where he points out when Tamir and are disagreeing with each other but they're all recognizing that he, the others have the right to their opinion. They're all saying their opinions based on Nidash alternative relationships all rooted in Halacha. It's not that the, the other fellows are reformed. It's all the orthodox but they're different in Limar HaTorah uh, Different drachman Hashem. So the Gemara uses an expression. Uh, the Gemara, one place the Gemara has it, is in Brochus when there was the debate between Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua regarding davening a meiriv whether tefillah service is optional, rishus or tefillah is a chayva. So Rabbi Gamliel said, "Wait till the big guns come into the basement. Wait till the big rabbis come in, and then we're going to make a public scene about this, and he's going to embarrass the one who disagrees with him." Rabbi Gamliel was a and he wanted everybody to follow his opinion. So the Gemara tells the whole story that they fired him because he wasn't uh, he wasn't sufficiently tolerant of the opposing uh, position They fired the chief rabbi over this uh, intolerance issue so he, the expression that he used is wait till the bali Tracin come into the base medish what kind of expression is that bali when you wage a war with other people so you use all kinds of uh, weapons you use uh, spears and you use uh, bows and arrows and you, now you use tanks and all kinds of things. You use hand grenades, you use different things. So then, in defense, so some of the people will hold a gigantic shield, a metal shield, in front of themselves to protect their body. It doesn't help if someone's going to throw a, fa- a hand grenade or throw a bomb. But it helps if they're going to shoot arrows or they're going to throw a spear. So if you have this thick metal shield, so it protects uh, the person. So that's the expression that he uses. Wait till a, a tryst. A tris is a big shield. Wait till the Bali and come into the base of Manish. So, why does he call them the Bali trace? If you're talking about Malhamta shaltera, arguing and learning, and you want to use an expression, so they say, wait till, the, wait till the gunners come in, wait till the tankistan come in. What kind of a lotion the Bali trace? So, Raf Kuk says, when you're waging a war against uh, someone who's an Apikaris, you're waging a war against the Palestinians, alhamdulillah. <laughs> it's not the same as the happy curse, waging war against a real enemy, against the, against the Palestinians, then you're going to shoot to kill. Then you want to demolish the enemy. You want, you want to wipe out the enemy. If you're waging a war against another Tamar you're not interested in wiping out the enemy. You just want to protect yourself. You, the the Rabbonim who are fighting, the main weapon that they use are not the spear to kill the enemy, but the Treyists to defend their position. They want to... Express their opinion in such a convincing way that they want to maintain their position. They want to defend their position. Not so much they want to demolish the other one, because they recognize that elohayeladivalekimchai. If it wouldn't be talking about talmid chachavim fighting with each other and learning and drachim and avodes Sashem, they'd be talking about fighting with the Palestinians or the Reform rabbi fighting against the Orthodox rabbi. They wouldn't have used the expression balechayson. They wouldn't. The main weapon would not be the Tris. The main weapon would have been a spear or, or a bow and arrow to, to wipe out the enemy. It's important to keep this in mind. So Rav Cook writes, that's when you're fighting Tamir Hachamim against each other. When you're fighting, when you're fighting against uh, Apicursus against, uh, or something, then you have to fight uh, to destroy the other opinion. So, the are different areas where it's important to consider the issue of tolerance. The one area is within religious observance, where you have an, a situation of at ele which uh, we often forget about, so we just have to refresh our memories and keep this in mind, when we dispute the issues of Torah with other people, it has to be with with the other person. Recently there was a, there's a big issue going on in Arizona, America also, about uh, one prominent Talmachachim came up with the idea we can save a fortune of money instead of having this safe, right, the Sefer, right? A whole Sefer Torah, and it'll take him forever. So they uh, developed the simple idea of having a silk screen. It's like... Um, um, like you have a stencil. Like the little children have a stencil that says, They have a stencil that says, and then you take a Hashmatah with ink and then you smear on this and then you have Barash's Boralekin comes out there it doesn't take forever to write the whole Sevetah. So one of the Rabbonim came up with the idea that this is uh, acceptable. So they were, I, So the other Rabbonim have not accepted it. Okay. Most of the Rabbonim have not accepted this idea. So uh, So uh, when I was in Israel different Rabbonim gave me different essays disagreeing with this uh, Tamachot. So most of the essays were like we have it in for this guy we hate him we didn't like him from a long time ago, and now we're going to get him. Now we're going to put him in a chair. That's what one rabbi told me about Now we're going to put him in a chair. As if we always hated him, and now we're going to get him. So, what kind of a way of arguing is this? This fellow is a prominent Tammu You hold that he made a mistake. So, I write a tshuva that he made a mistake. So, the, from the different essays that they gave me, one essay was a copy of, of a chuva published in the Stolen a Torah journal. Many of you probably get it in the mail, this soft cover yellow uh, magazine that was the only tshuva that was written with Derek heretz he raises the question and he writes 20 reasons why he thinks it's not correct and then at the end of the uh, 10 pages he writes and therefore in summation I think that it's not acceptable and you shouldn't have such sefer And I think it's possible. and whoever bought such a sefer turin and he has the right to get his money back and get back to the Tosha, he writes with dera heretz you don't, you, don't, you don't write a polemic if you disagree with another, you're not out to kill him. He's entitled to his opinion. You think that he made a mistake. So he quotes the 20 sources. You think, he, uh, you think his uh, idea was in violation of 20 dinim. Some of them, lochat some of them, Be. Okay, but you don't write this. You're not fighting against the Palestinians. It's a ballet tracing. You should write in such a way that, uh, that you want to defend your position and impress upon everybody else that you think your position is more correct than the other one's position. Then the discusses. Tolerance towards Ballei So the Gemara in Broches has the famous story about Rabbi Meir and his wife Bruria. Rabbi Meir uh, used to pray that the Ballei should drop dead. That was his theme. That was his theme. should all drop dead. So his wife Bruria said, maybe it would make more sense that you should pray that they should do tshuva. So the generally accepted shot in the Gemara is that the conclusion is that we passing like Bruria. Machlech is between Rebbe Meir and Bruria. So we passed like Bruria on this issue. I think in, some, in the back of the Vilna Shas, in the back of Bruches, they have a whole, uh, they have quotations from Sifri Harishadim So they talk about Tanoim and Amorim. I think, uh, I really forgot which, which Rishadim they're quoting from. So they quote that uh, Bruria was a Tana. And sometimes when she disagrees with the other Tanoyan, we pass like her. Okay, so this is one instance where she, a is between Rabbi Meir and Bruria, and it's usually assumed that Bruria wins in this machlaik. So, what was the Nikudis amachlaikis? The issue of tolerance versus intolerance towards the Balia there. So, Rav Kook has an interesting essay about that. There's a beautiful essay here, Rav Yaakov Filber, who's connected with Merkasai Rav for many, many years. Uh, has a beautiful essay in his malchus on this topic where he quotes many of the sources of Rav Cook. Very, All of his essays are beautiful. This one's very nice also. So uh, Rav Cook has an essay in his Sefer on the, the Yankif and that gemara and Brachas where he explains Rav Meir's opinion and Bruria's opinion and why the accepted opinion is like uh, Bruria against the husband Rab Rav Meir. Rav Meir thought what do you mean we should pray to God that the other fellow should do tshuva? How can that be? This Bechirach Hapshish. How is there such a thing? Everybody has Bechirach Hapshish to choose to do right or to do wrong. How is the shock to pray to the Banash the other one should do Chuvit? Makes sense. I should pray to God that I should do Chuvit. That the Gemara says that Yitzvish Aladim is Gabaral of Bechoyom. The Yitzhahar is always out to get us every day. And in Malia, Kolod Shalom. If not for the fact that God is helping us out, any Acholah we wouldn't succeed in fighting against the Eitz Sahara. <coughs> so when we when we try to um, uh, develop courage to fight against the Eight Sahara, part of the story is we have to pray to the Baruch to help us do tshuva, to help us fight against the Eitz Sahara. But I should pray that someone else should do tshuva. What well, Shach doesn't make any sense. He has the chiral chafshes. How does Shach to pray to God that he should do tshuva? The Balya should do tshuva. So that was Reb Meir's opinion. Makes good sense. And Bruya thought that it's not correct. Why? So Rav Kuk quotes the famous uh, passage in the Rambam, in the end of Peric Basin, Hilchas uh, Gerishin, where the Rambam quotes the Mishnah that sometimes we force a man to give a gift. I, he's screaming bloody murder, I don't want to give a gift. the gift, and a gift, is not uh, kosher. So the uh, Rambam quotes from the Gemara, the Gemara Sabatim, that deep in his heart, he really does want to give a get. Because deep in his heart, he wants to follow the Torah. And the, and, and the rabbis say in this instance that the husband is supposed to give a get to his wife. Even though he says publicly, I will never give a get over my dead body. But when they beat him up and he says, okay, I'm giving the get, that's the true self. That's the true personality. The, the fellow, when he says, I'm not going to give a get, that's, to use Rav Salvechi's expression, that's his pseudo-personality. That's, that's not his real self. And his inner self is really coming out when, he, when they pressure him and he says, okay, I agree to give the get, that's the truth. So that's what Bruria held. That's the Psaka That's The Gemara the, the in, in the Cheska Sabatman has two ways to interpret this. So the Raman quotes this explanation. Why you get why a get is good if the bezin forces a man to give a get so the uh, Rav Cook explains that this was the position of Bruria that basically we assume the Baleh really in their hearts they also want to do chuvah. they also want to do Rats Hashem every Jewish person has a Neshama and, uh, and uh, the Neshama is always Tahora the, the pintali, he always wants to do the mitzvahs of the Torah. And if the person screams that I don't, I, I'm an apicurus and I don't believe in God and I don't want to keep mitzvahs and I don't believe in kashvahs and I don't believe in shabbos and I don't believe in all this, that's only a pseudo-personality. And the fellow is sort of sick. He's, his, his real self is, is hidden and he can't bring it up. So for sick people, we always pray to God. We always pray to God that it should be merapi z'cholim. Of but mayor thought that it's not sick. The person has clear He decides he does want to do the mitzvah. So how can I help that I should pray for him? And we, the accepted opinion is like Bruria: know that you should daven that the should, it, It's really a holy. When a person is a balaver, we assume that his true self really wants to keep mitzvahs, and it's just that uh, he's not able to function properly now, temporarily. So we pray to God that uh, his neshama should be able to function properly. So that's usually assumed to be the. Uh, the Moscones Hagemara, like Bruyel, uh, like Ishtar Shoram Meir, regarding tolerance towards the Balaver, Tolerance in the sense, rather than praying to God that he should die, we should pray to God that the person should be Choyze Bitchuva. The Gemara has a famous din that uh, a Roshah is a Mitzvah to The Gemara quotes the Apostle Kintilim, Halom Esanecha Hashem Esno is a Mitzvah in the a Mitzvah from the Apostle Kintilim to hate the Roshah. So the Gemara says, yeah, but that's only a Roshah who did an Avera, and we gave Tachacha, and the person didn't do Tshuva. Kodem Tachacha, if you didn't give any Tachacha yet, then the mitzvah also doesn't apply. So many Toskim, this is already before Rav Cook. Rav Cook said this also, but this is already in classical poskim before Rav Cook's time, they all quote the Gemara in Erechen, where Rabbi Tarf, in the Tana who lived as Manabayis, he lived as Manabayis, and after the Chor of Rabbi Tarf makes a statement, the Gemara, the whole Sugibat, in, in, uh, in Erechen, so the Gemara quotes Rav Tarfin says we don't have an our generation people don't know how to give tohochah Rav Kook used to say let's say I'll go over to a person I'll give him he's doing it I'll go give him tohochah I'll speak in Yiddish ah fiery drosh in Yiddish. he doesn't understand one word of Yiddish so well, what does it help what kind of tohochah is that that's not tohochah and let's say he speaks English and I speak English I speak a yeshivish English and he speaks regular English I'm going to speak our language with, with all these words he doesn't know what I'm talking about and even if I speak the same language in English, we don't speak the same language. Religious people and non-observing people, it's very hard to communicate. So the truth of the matter is, we don't even speak the same language, unfortunately. It's very hard to know how to give to So that's what the classical posthum, before I've cooked they say that this mitzvah is no, so doesn't really apply to the that you should hate. You should hate the, the Russia. Because the Gemara says it only applies Lacha Tachach and Kodem Tachach it doesn't apply Mizman to everything even if it's after Tachach it's considered Kodem Tachach because EIN LANU BADAR AZE MI SHIYODEA LOHACHIACH What about tolerance not towards the Balaver what about tolerance towards the Shita tolerance towards the improper Shita so how can we have tolerance towards the improper Shita? We're not, I'm not talking about Machweik as Rashi and tesis. We're talking about the, the right Shita and the wrong Shita. They don't believe in Torah Min Hasheman. These, these people believe Moshe Kibel Torah Misina. The other people believe Moshe Kibel Torah Misina. Opposites from each other. So should we have tolerance with such a Shita? So Raf Kook has a, quite a few essays about this where he says one who is a very great Talmud Chacham will be able to pick out which aspects of the Apicurses have validity and which aspects of the Apicurses don't have the validity. He has a famous comment based on Kabbalah sources. It's not his original idea that we just read yesterday about Amolik. Amolik Mitachas Hashamayim They have a diuk the Mokobolim have a Mitachas Hashamayim, from our perspective, we have to wipe out Amolak. But from the heavenly perspective, even Amolak, which is the, uh, which is the uh, representation of evil, the physical embodiment of evil in this world, that's why we have a mitzvah to wipe out Amolak. But from the heavenly perspective, everything that's terrible in the world has validity to it, has something uh, of, uh, of value uh, in it. And that's why the Gemara has a statement that Ben Gemara Gittin says, B'nei B'anam Shalhomon, Lom the Torah, B'nei Brak. That uh, even the Haman of Russia was Haman Hamaleki. So what, what could be good about Amalek? No. The Rebbeinu Shlulam saw to it that the that the good from Amalek, the good from the descendants of Haman, was developed and it came out, and his descendants were learning Torah and Midei So Rav Kook has this essay where he says one is really a great Talmud who knows how to analyze very well, can have the luxury of being tolerant towards apicursis also, to explain which aspects of the apicursus are valid, and which aspects of the apicursus cannot be accepted. But most people are not on such a madrugus to be able to distinguish between the two. And if we'll be tolerant towards the apicursus, so this is cause, this will certainly cause a kilkul, uh, tolerant towards things that are clearly rishis. The person is openly, mahal Shabbos, openly violates, kashus, tarasam, shpacha, everything. So if you'll be tolerant towards this kind of a shita you have to be decent towards the Balavera. You have to be mispala that they should do tshuva. There's no mitzvah that's not so because it's always tachacha, but to be tolerant towards such a will cause a kilkal and klal So that's, that's not proper to be tolerant with respect to that. You look around, many parents are extremely intolerant towards their own children's berech and avodos Hashem. They feel as if their children... The Gemara tells the story. Yosef ben Yezah was a Tanna. He was not only a Tanna; he was from the Zugas. We don't call him Rabbi. The Gemara says that uh, if a person has smichah, you call him Rebbe. If he's a chief Rabbi, you call him Rabbon, chief Rabbi. A God on may Rabban, higher level than Rabon is Shmo. You just say his name, Hillel You don't say Rebbe Hilo, You don't say Rabban You Just say Hillel. Everybody and I say Yosef ben Yezah was from that Khabur. We don't even say Rabbi, Rabban, chief Rabbi. You just say Yosef ben Yezah. He was from the Zugas, from the early, from the early Tanoim. So Yosef ben Yoazir had a son who was not a Tana. The son was a Balbos. Not everybody's cut out to be a Tana. He went to uh, whatever. He learned Mishnah, and that's it. So he was so upset. He was so intolerant of his son. When he was about to die, he decided he's going to be Mav He's not going to leave the $5 that he had to his name. So what, did he, what did he have so he decided he's going to be Igmar. So he had bubkis. He didn't have so much. But he, he was a matter of principle by him. So he was going to be mara from the son to teach him a lesson. Because I had the ability to, to give him so much Torah. And I could have made him into a Tana. And the idiotic son rejected everything that I stand for. And he decided doesn't want to become a Tana. So the, the other Tanoim, the Havarma of Yosef has told him, You're not allowed to do that. That's against Allah. He did it anyway. And they said that he was wrong. Then he says, He died. Then the Gemara says, what happened? This son, turns out, says, this son donated, donated, he donated his five dollars to the Beis Hamigdash. That's what the Gemara says. Then the son, later donated much more to the Beis Hamigdash. His son, so the Gemara says, look what a foolish mistake Yerse ben made. He was mavenak, he wanted to punish the son. The son did more than he did. The son was a fine a balabos. You can't expect, just because the father is a Tamachacham a tana, he has no right to expect that his son has to be a tana. Aye, he could have enriched his son. The son wouldn't. The son wasn't interest, interested in becoming a balva. There's no avir in doing that. Well, a lot of times uh, parents are upset. Parents always daven basikin. They always machmad this. They're always machmer the other thing. They don't go and this and that. And the children want to follow what it says in kitzur the So what's wrong? You follow kitzur Shulchanah. guns good, a nice religious Jew. No, father wants Mishnah it and the son wants kitzur. The kitza has gone fine. In Europe, the Kitza was, uh, I think it was the most popular book that was reprinted so many more times than any other sefer. Now the Mishnah Brewery became uh, very popular. But it's, it's, it's not really right. In this sense, it's not. The Gemara says it's terrible that a parent should be so intolerant of a child because he doesn't want to follow all the hummus of the father. He's not kara. Kind of, he doesn't want to become a tonic. He can't become one of the Zugas. He doesn't want to become one of the Zugas. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be machmer for all of this. But often we have, in the reverse direction, we see such a phenomena. You see the parents are upset over the fact that the children want to be more observant than them. And they take it as if it's a personal insult, as if they're rejecting the parents' because they want to be more observant. And if the children would have wanted to become less observant, let's say the parents would be very much more, all these chumras, and the children want to follow the kids to Shukunar without all the chumras from the Mishnah Bururah. So the parents would also be so upset. So Yosef ben Yerza was extremely upset. He was Mavinachlin. That his son didn't agree to become a Tana like him. But a normal parent would not be Mavinachlin. All the Tana said, that's not right. So the same in the opposite direction also. Thus is, if the parent has a tradition from his parent, does have, doesn't have a tradition, whatever, he observes the religion in one way. He's an Orthodox Jew. He's observant. And his son wants to be more learned than he. His son wants to be more observant than he. So why does this, why does the parent take that as a rejection of his style of Abayadus <laughs> Hashem? The parent, the parent is religion and the son, and the son is religious. It? The world doesn't come to an end. What often happens is it's like Elio with the Isha fatis Elio and Novi staying by a woman when there was a famine in Eretz Yisrael and Acha was out to get him so he had to run away. So he went to Tzorfas. So he was staying by an almana, and then the almana's son died. So the almana came to complain to Eliya and Novi, and she says, Why did you come here? You're living in my home. You're such a holy tzaddik. so God looks at you and he looks at me. By contrast, he sees that you're so much more religious than me. And then he goes and he punishes me and he causes my child to die. I, I don't want you to live here anymore. First she was uh, taking care of Elio, and Then she says, The rabbi Shalom is always going to look at you and me, and by contrast, I'm always going to lose. So very often I think that's the problem over here that the parents are afraid that because the children are more observant than they or because they're more learned than they are so they feel that this is going to by contrast it's going to show up to parents that they're less observant and they're afraid they're going to be uh, they're going to look bad why should they be afraid that they're going to look bad what's this if they're following the kids of Shulchan Arche, they're following uh, whatever the rabbi, does, the local orthodox rabbi tells them this is the way you observe the religion good so they're religious and their children learn in the yeshiva it's a different brand of orthodoxy yeshivish orthodoxy This balabatish orthodoxy and yeshivish orthodoxy is so what's a bit other the gemara says the parents should I would assume the parents should be proud of the fact that the children are more learned than they are everybody always wants more for their children whatever they never had as children they wanted that their children should have all of this everybody wants their children to have more education than they had more opportunities, more camping, more uh, trips therapy and everything in Switzerland and Mexico and everything. Whatever they never had as children, they want to give their children. So what's so bad if their children are more learned and more and more The Gemara has the famous comment, demiskane, chutz, bin binomi, People are always jealous of others in the same field who are more successful than they are. I want to look out, I wanted to look that I'm the most successful, the most brilliant dentist, lawyer, rabbi, whatever so they're always jealous unless the other person is in the same field is my son or he's my Talmud so my son or my, or my child or my student is an extension of me so I'm proud of the fact that, they, that he's doing very well he outshines the father in the Salavachic family everybody knows when the children will be 10 years old the father always used to say my son already outshines me lady used to say my son is a brilliant genius he knows how to learn better than me Rapchayim would say about his sons they know how to learn better than him Ramesha Salavechik would say about Rav the robe that we know uh, he outshines him. That's, they were always proud of the fact that the children, whether it's true or not true, whether that the sun outshined the father. They would always brag about that. Oh, my son is uh, bigger than I am. That's something to be proud of. Very often, people are only tolerant of uh, those to the left, and they're not tolerant of those to the right. So that's not tolerant. That just means that they're afraid... That if there's someone more observant or more more learned than me, I'm afraid it'll show me up. Maybe I have guilty feelings. Maybe I think that I'm not really so religious. Maybe I know that I'm not so observant. So if my children are going to live with me and it's going to be uh, in contrast, it's going to be noticeable that I'm not so observant. So that's what I'm so touchy about. So we should put our lives together and we should see to it that we follow the kids Shulchan Och follow the local Orthodox rabbi, whatever brand of Orthodoxy you want to follow. And we should be tolerant of the fact that our children want to be better than us. other rabbi, we should hope and pray for that. That they should sh'tai give by their parents. They should be so successful in their abodes Hashem that they should even bypass the greatness of the parents. Sometimes, of course, the parents are concerned and there's like a legitimate concern. Sometimes the parents are concerned the son is, is learning too much and he's becoming too frum, and how is he going to make a parnosa? Because when the parents were growing up, they knew that you can't make a parnosa by being a rabbi in a shul or by being a rabbi in a yeshiva. So how is he going to make a parnosa? Or he's not going to go to this co-ed camp. How is he going to meet a girl? That's how I met my wife we met at a dance and we met in a camp how's my son my son is so frum he's not going to go to dance he's not going to go to co-ed camp how is he going to meet the girl so the parents should realize we live in a different generation sometimes there's a legitimate concern and very often it's not legitimate what do you mean how is he going to make a living people in Chinuch and Rabbonus are not making a living we know Bonham they're making a decent living I'm not starving I'm overweight laughter It was just, <laughs> over Shabbos, I was by a bar mitzvah. So I was sitting, I ate so much on Friday nights, everybody was eating, so it was like a, a chasana. And then Shabbos morning, we ate so much, so Shabbos, I wasn't hungry at all. So I just washed, I made a molyan, and that was it, I wasn't going to eat. So one of the rabbonim who was my rebbe, he's, he's uh, 15 years, 10 years older than me, he was sitting at the same table, so he saw I wasn't eating anything. So he didn't ask me, he just went, it was all buffet style so he went over to the table he took a whole platter of fish and all kinds of stuff and he brings it to me I should eat so I said what's the matter I look at get guitars I look at the city I, said, I ate so much last night how can you eat some more now and then his wife didn't realize that her husband's his wife also was sitting at a different table. That's, uh, they were sitting separately. His wife didn't realize. She passed by and she saw it didn't have anything. I wasn't eating anything. So his wife also went the same time he went. She went also she got a bigger platter. <laughs> with, with more. Uh, twice as much as he brought. So two minutes after he brought one platter she brought another platter. So I said there also wow a guitar I said people are Rabbonus and chinos. Everybody's making a living, and they're all healthy, and they all send it. They all send their children to camp, and the children are dressed nicely. Everyone makes a living. The parents have an obligation to see to it that the children will be able to make a parnasa. That's part of the obligation of chinuch. But the parents should realize that this is also a form of parnasa in these days. Rabbanus Chinuch pays. It's. It's. It, there's nothing wrong with it. And the parent shouldn't be so intolerant of the child to think that the child is doing something improper. The parent's derech and Abayr HaShem is a correct derech. If they they follow their local Orthodox rabbi, they follow the Kitzvot Shulchanach, whatever they follow, that's a valid derech. And the child's derech and Abayr HaShem is also a wonderful derech. We all have to learn where to be tolerant and where to be intolerant. Very often we're tolerant of the Apicursus, and we're intolerant of the of the right and we're intolerant of the chesidim or we're intolerant of the of the tzaddikim who are a little bit more medactic than we are many people observe many chumrs and they're intolerant of those who don't observe their chumrs so that's certainly ridiculous just because you want to be a balnefesh you want to be a Mahmer, so you have no right to be I I don't want to carry in the air What's the air is a good air so we say, you don't want to carry isn't but you can't you can't say that the others are mahalla shah because they want to carry in the air if the error is done properly, so that's, uh, there's nothing wrong with that, we have to review in our minds all the time, when is there room for tolerance, uh, when is there no room at all for tolerance. And although uh, the Marami Prague is probably right, that these things are very serious issues, Judaism is very serious, this is a true religion, and these mitzvahs are really mitzvahs, and that's why we get so carried away. We want we want to train our children properly, and we want our, the correct sheetah to be uh, to be maintained. But we should realize that there is very often a concept of elu 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 and there's much room for tolerance. Thank you very much.